Welcome to the Good Friday edition of Locked on Astros. That's right. We're hanging out with you in the morning. We're going to talk about Jeremy Pena coming out of a slump going into Minnesota, a frigid Minnesota, and we got our work cut out for us. Let's see if we can take this series and talk about it on this edition of Locked on Astros. Alvarez, it's a high drive center field. Beerling's back. This game has turned upside down. There's the runner. Fly ball down the right field line. Tucker comes on. Kyle Tucker. This time they finish the job. Hello and welcome to Locked on Astros, your daily Astros podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric the Man Heisman and Brett H-Town Wheelhouse Chansey. We are Locked On Houston Astros, and we hope that you join us for a daily Locked On Astros podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Talks Stros. Find the show at Locked On Astros, your team every day. Brett, where can they find you when you're not at work on this great Good Friday? They can find me at HM Wheelhouse on Twitter and Instagram. They can find me at Stros411 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always positive, positive. I love 310 games when I'm off. Always Stros. I am actually jealous of you, Brett. Um, I know I was doing something, but I didn't get to talk about Astros victory. It feels like it's been forever since we talked about that. And you got to talk about that the other day against the Tigers. What a game that was. And the Astros need to look to do that some more this weekend against the Twins. Yes, it's going to be a whole bunch of 310 starts in Minnesota. Uh, but it's definitely going to be a situation where I think the Astros are going to be facing a much better team. They're better at pitching. Well, on paper, they're much better pitching than the Tigers were supposed to be. Tigers just came to town like uh, like they they had a mission to just take down the Astros. And they did, except for game three. But I think the Astros, if Jeremy Pena starts to wake up, if we see Alex Bregman start taking those positive strides and – Chaz McCormick, like you said not in the last show, started showing some uh, good strides with the home run double. And Corey Jolks is starting to show um, some good signs as well. But, guys, thank you for making Locked on Astros podcast your first listen every day. Whether it's on YouTube, go and make sure you keep on subscribing to us. Give us a big, big fat thumbs up. And go and make us your first listen on Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, Google, uh, blah, 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 blah. Anywhere you listen to your podcasts, check out the Locked on Astros podcast. There's there's like 50,000 ways to listen to. Oh, yeah, you can go to well, yeah, but look, Apple, Google, or Spotify, those are the primary places people go. I mean, if you've got a Spotify account, we know that you listen to Locked on Astros. But like you said, Eric, yes, it it was good to talk about um, the the uh, the uh, three players in um, McCormick and um, the other two were um, Tucker and, Tucker and Pena. Jeremy Pena, right. who I almost forgot about Jeremy Pena because he had gone on that 0 for 19 slump. So it was really cool. They both hit, they all, they all three hit a double. They all three hit a home run. Um, but Eric, do you think a game like this, I know it's against the Tigers, but do you think a game like this with the day off kind of turns things around a little bit for this offense? Or is it kind of too early to worry about patterns or streaks or slumps at this point? I think the day off is going to be, more beneficial towards the bullpen, more towards right. the pitching staff. And I think a game, a getaway game like that is great for morale in general, but I think the Astros needed it because they were struggling like with the bullpen. You see normally reliable relievers like Brian Abreu and 
Naris and then Ryan Stanek, they're giving up home runs, they're giving up uh, runs, and it's just it's out of their kind of their niche. And so they're being overused early in the season. And so I think that the day off, the travel day, and not having to play in sub Arctic, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but uh, playing in 40 degree weather versus the 52 degree weather they're going to have to play in today. So I think that, yes. Probably the win on um, Wednesday, or yeah, Wednesday was great for the Astros. Yeah. Then having that the the rest of the evening to relax, all Thursday to relax, and uh, just kind of reset their minds and remember they are the reigning champs. Yes, they are missing a few pieces right now. They don't have Justin Verlander anymore, but neither do the Mets. And um, the Mets uh, actually just lost their starting catcher, so now they're. Um, calling up their Alvarez, Francisco Alvarez. He's one of their top, top prospects. So if you're in fantasy baseball, go scoop him up. I think he's going to be their catcher of the future. But um, I think that the Astros are going to go into Minnesota and at least take two of the three games. I think the offense is starting to heat up a little bit. Yeah. But this is a legit team. We'll talk about the pitching. We'll talk about the offense in a second. But this is they're going to be facing Carlos Gray. And they're going to be facing Christian Vasquez, Astros killer. Oh, I was like, wait, I was like, who's who's, who's the other guy that you're so worried about? You're like, he Christian is Astros Vasquez. killer though. He's, yeah, he always hits home run against the Astros. He is he is an Astros killer, but he's one guy. Um, you know, Buxton um, versus Arquiti doesn't doesn't have any hits. He's only has a a couple of bats. I tell you someone who's actually been hitting the ball for them, which has been kind of surprising is Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo is doing everything that people thought he would do without the shift, but he's actually making solid contact. And it's not just because the shift is gone. So who knows? Maybe, maybe that guy figured it out. He, he had a rough time in New York, had a rough time in LA. He obviously, he kind of made his stamp on major league baseball with swing and miss stuff, but, ton of home Still early right. in well, the season. He, well, no, I'm, yeah, I know. I know. I'm just, we're just talking here. <laughs> um, Joey Gallo though, really is, is off to a nice start. And if Minnesota can string together success with Buxton staying healthy with Carlos Correa, with the pitching that they, that they do have with their potential, Minnesota could be a surprise for the central where I didn't really think that they would compete against the guardians, but they may be the team to beat when it's all said and done. So the central may be a little bit more of a dog fight than what a lot of people give it credit for. Right. And if you're looking at it as a surprise for the twins so far, it's Trevor Larnark. Uh, he's a guy that's been, was a top prospect for them for several years, but he never really seemed to get it. He's kind of up. So like we remember Kyle Tucker struggling when he first came up, but this was that type of player. But now he's starting to click. Uh, th there was an injury to one of their players, so he got the chance to start opening day. And he may be eventually a platoon player, but he's got nine hits on the season and 23 at-bats. He's batting 391 with a 1090 OPS, one homer, six RBIs. Uh, so he's only 26 years old, so he still has a lot of room to grow. And uh, going back to Joey Gallo for a second, I think what it is is that he needed a change of scenery New York was not the great, the best place for him. And so I think that, uh, where do you play before that with the Rangers, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. He started with the Rangers. Yes. Yeah. So I just, I think that with the Rangers, he probably needed to change the scenery. He developed that, that, um, a reputation of being a strikeout guy. And then he went to um, the Yankees. Then there's a lot of pressure. They boo their own players there. And so I think over in Minnesota, uh, they just have this reputation. I mean, he, he had a chance for a fresh start. And I think that's what you're seeing right here. But it's still and early he, in the season. Well, and there's they have a lot of options there. So I think he also understands that he has to hit to stay in the lineup because this is a good young uh, twins team. Well, and I mean, if you look at his average, obviously it's 235, but his OPS is 1101 right now with three home runs already. Um, He's got four hits and three of those hits are home runs. And so that's where I think Joey Gallo can really um, hurt you. If he gets up to the plate, you, you, you don't have the shift and we're not talking about Joey Gallo. Like he's turned into um, Aaron judge or Mookie Betts, but at the same time, you have to make sure that your starters come out and, you know, do their job. Last episode, I talked about one of the keys to the Astros winning the series was all three starters going six plus innings. Um, like you had mentioned, Eric, with with the use of the bullpen and the rest needed with this off day they had, the Astros on Monday used six relief pitchers. Um, and then their final two games, they use five. So they use fewer relievers towards the end of that series, towards the end of that homestand. You would have loved to come out not three and four, but it is what it is. And you sit where you sit. We don't judge the playoffs or postseason by the first seven games. Definitely, there could have been a lot more just there, there, the pitchers weren't as sharp. Um, until the final two starts. Hunter Brown, I think, is going to get there. I really hope that Hunter Brown's next start, he really shines because he needs to have a solid outing. But Jose Arquiti's going up. He's got five strikeouts on 6.75 ERA. He definitely needs to have his swing and miss stuff out there. Eric, we know he throws strikes, but where he's placing the ball on the plate, is he hitting the edges? Is he hitting the top of the zone, the bottom of the zone? If he's doing that, and he's causing the twins, if they do make contact, to make soft contact. I think the bats will take care of everything because Minnesota historically is a really fun ballpark for the Astros to play in. Yeah. And I, I think what you're saying is it's so rare that uh, Urquidy throws a ball. And this episode is brought to you by So Rare. Yeah. You know, it's so rare that you would get into an app in a game like you have today. That is so revolutionary, but this revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace is transforming fans into owners, officially licensed digital cards featuring players from all across 30 major league baseball teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, so rare managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with their player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards, win or lose. You still own your cards and there's no cost to pay. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance, collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next-level competitions and rewards. Look, their game is branded and promoted by Juan Soto and Julio Rodriguez, so you know it's definitely going to hit a home run. MLB um, MLB game weeks happen twice weekly and in the span of a three- to four-day cycle. At the end of the game weeks, so where MLB managers who rank at or near the top of their leaderboards win a variety of, of rewards which you can include um, 
scarcity cards. You can get game tickets. You get merchandise. You can get signed jerseys and VIP experiences like meeting MLB stars. Prizes may, may vary depending on the competition. So that's what I need you to do. Head to SoRare.com slash locked on. It's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E dot com to draft your team and your free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash locked on to start today. All right. So, yeah, um, I know this is the fake one. This is the one I think believe this is Jeremy Pena, Reen, but uh, props to Jim Crane and the Astros organization for giving all the Astros employees. They flew in all the scouts and um, from all across the country yesterday, and they had a ring ceremony for everybody. They had them all by different departments, and it was pretty cool. Like they all the front office, so all the GMs, all the accounting, all the finance, all the different advertising departments, they all got their version of the ring. So uh, this is something that most organizations do but it's just pretty cool that the astros give it to like everybody not just the 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 upper uh people so um that was probably cool for a lot of people that were first time timers like sarah goodrum uh, said that this was a lot of people have done this but this is my first world series reign so this was a, wow. a cool opportunity and so you had scouts come all the way from north carolina and just to come get their reign and so that was a cool day for the astros or organization while the Astros were off yesterday. So um, now today they're going to be focusing on baseball and Alex Bregman uh, sent a message to all the employees and said, we can't do what we do on the field if, if we didn't have y'all behind the scenes. So that was a pretty cool message and said, y'all deserve this ring as much as we do. Yeah. And I, I think that's just a testament to the character of what Jim Crane has provided this organization. Remember, he was the first owner to provide minor leaguers with a place to stay and pay for the room and board after the COVID season. He did it before Major League Baseball did it. And to recognize your employees, to 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 pay to basically give back because they've given so much is just what I love about this club. And it's why I have a hard time believing the lines that, you know, the Astros ruined baseball and the Astros are this horrible club and all these just national media, just lame storylines that they put out there. When you get into the nuts and the bolts of this organization, what Jim Crane's done, putting people in different places, um, having bringing former World Series champions like Reggie Jackson in and just doing what he does. Bill Brown, who does community outreach for the Houston Astros. There's just so many things that the Astros do. The RBI Baseball League, the money they give to little leagues around the city. They are a very charitable organization. Each one of the players is involved in their own kind of like giving back to the community. I don't know if you saw Jeremy Pena has a new thing called Pena's Pals. And what he's doing is he has basically partnered with several school districts in the area. I think he's got a different school district. And on certain days, he's going to invite five young players to come hang out with them and go to like a batting practice kind of thing with him. And so the players are following the lead of the owner and the owner. I think a great owner makes their employees feel their value and know their worth. And I just, I love seeing that. It's so good to see the smiles on their faces. And of course it makes you a little jealous going, man, I wish I worked for the Astros. That would be really cool to get that kind of reward. Yeah. 
I mean, I, when our all our kids pass the star tests, um, they don't give us a, a ring full of diamonds and say, congratulations, <laughs> and it has our name on the side, and it says um, what our passing percentage was or anything like that. Um, what what about that school district or uh, state? Well, I don't know that I would want to wear a ring like that. I'll be real honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> Why but not? I get, but I get the awards and incentive part because that is definitely something that, you, you want to feel appreciated. You want to know that the work that you put in doesn't just go noticed by the byproduct that comes out, but by the people up top saying, hey, pat on the back, good job. And so, yeah, that's definitely a, a, a solid token of appreciation. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, take a look at this series. I know that the Twins are 4-2. They were 4-0, and but then they've dropped the last two games. Um, so uh, definitely they're off to a good start. And game one, which was supposed to be played yesterday, but because they were they want to play in 40-degree weather or something like that, they went ahead and moved it back to Friday, and that's actually better. I don't understand why you had Thursday game, Friday off day, then play Saturday and Sunday. That made no sense in the first place, but uh, that's baseball sometimes. So in this matchup, you're going to have the 4-2 Twins uh, trot out Sonny Gray. This is a player that the Astros were rumored to go after several times in the past. And then the 3-4 and four Astros are going to have Jose Arquiti on the mound. Arquiti has a 6.75 ERA with five strikeouts, and Sonny Gray is 1-0 with a zero ERA with 1K. Uh, who's had success against Urquidy in the past. This is not including playoffs. Astros killer Christian Vasquez in two at-bats is batting 500. Um, Kepler is batting uh, 500 in two at-bats. Uh, I don't think he's playing, though. But um, And that's it. Gallo in eight at-bats is batting 125. But if you're looking at who's had success against Sonny Gray, you would think that we faced him a lot more, but I guess he went to the Reds and he's um, kind of right. been um, outside of Astros reach, but Jose Abreu has faced him 24 times, has a home run, five RBIs, batting 250. Bregman in two bats is batting 500 with two RBIs. And that's pretty much the only ones that have faced him. Yeah. And um, I think today you hit him early and often kind of like Joel says here and uh, Mr. Powered by Plant says, are there any injury updates? I was looking around. I didn't see anything other than the April 3rd update from McTaggart about Michael Brantley going back to West Palm, you know, getting, you know, getting work in Lance McCullers being ahead of schedule. Um, but we don't have a date on that. And then Jose Altuve, we just know he didn't, he has not been put on the 60 day IL. So those are the only things that I really know of, unless right. you've heard anything lately. Uh, no, I do know that Jose Altuve changed cast. He was wearing a pink one for opening day, and then he changed to an orange one. So, but that doesn't mean uh, anything. I know. Because <laughs> I, I, um, I was joking around with somebody. Maybe it was even you or something. And I was like, well, why is he wearing pink? And then we're thinking, oh, maybe his daughter was like, oh, I want Probably pink. his daughter. I'm pretty sure his daughter had a hand in that because, uh, you know, gosh, yeah. you have a daughter. I have a daughter. Yeah. We all know. We all know that if if your daughter says, Dad, I want you to do this, what do you do? You yeah. do it. So uh, definitely this game, I think, is going to be um, interesting. If Urquidy throws a lot of strikes, he's got to be careful because this is a really powerful lineup. Even though the Twins are kind of below the Astros in terms of home runs, 
Um, I think the Astros have seven. The Twins have six. If you're looking at OPS total, the Astros are at, they're still 18th in baseball, which is kind of weird because they're typically up higher. They're at 706 and the Twins are at 657. And if you're looking at slugging percentage overall, the Astros are um, around 23rd. Wow at 366 and the twins are at 363. So if you're looking at the Astros and twins hitting wise, they are kind of at the same page. Both offenses are capable of breaking out, but they just have not yet. And so that's what's scary. I mean, the twins are already four and two, the Astros are three and four. What happens once the, these lineups start clicking? I know uh, Altuve's out, Brantley's out. So the Astros lineup is not really complete. The Twins lineup is a little bit more complete than the Astros. But what if the Twins lineup just goes bonkers against uh, Arkady because he does throw a lot of strikes and he does give up uh, one or two home runs a game? Yeah, I don't I don't know that they go bonkers today. But then again, let's just let the game play out. Uh, You know, I'm not going to be like who hits who hits home runs and how many runs are going to score. It doesn't matter to me like. If Rikidi can go six plus innings, if the relief pitchers can hold, and if your six through eight hitters can come out and contribute, I, I think the Astros can win this game. Right. Um, you, you definitely are missing Brantley. You are missing Altuve. But the dynamic duo of Alvarez and Tucker, I highlighted that on the last show, and I compared other dynamic duos that are out there. And I'm actually going to keep up with a with a certain group of four. I just, I just picked – four teams in the American league, the Yankees, the angels and the Mariners and Alvarez and Tucker are outpacing judge and Stanton trout and Otani and France and Rodriguez right now. So I think those guys coupled with this rookie who's hitting a hot bat three sixteen, and Corey jokes, Chas McCormick looks all the part really Chas McCormick should get two of the three starts here in Minnesota. I don't really know why Myers would get starts over him it's just really frustrating because I think right now it's 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 Chaz's it should be Chaz's to lose. Um, Myers just hasn't done anything for me to say okay he deserves a starting spot. And I know in quotations he's always been the starter, but he's been injured. But after what McCormick did for you, after what McCormick um, did in this last game, give him the nod. Now look, if you're being totally like subjective or objective about it there's not a whole lot of separation between the two offensively right now but i think Chaz mccormick though his glove his arm running down the ball defensively it's hard for me to put anybody in his place at this moment we're just wondering how long it's going to take for someone like dearden or leon to come up is it going to take an injury um you know someone's going to have to be released or the 40-man roster is going to have to change um, for that to happen. But here's my question to you. Corey Jolks, he's hitting a hot bat. Let's say Brantley returns, and Corey Jolks is hitting 320. Does somebody else get moved down to AAA like Myers and so did Jolks? I mean, do you keep Jolks up here? Because if he's earning his spot and he's hitting his weight, I mean, good Lord, why wouldn't you want to keep him up at the big league level? Well, I think it depends on what Myers is doing at the time. If I think there's a lot of conversation right now amongst Astros Nation about uh, should Myers even get 
starting time. I know that the Astros are considering it uh, as McCormick starts hitting better. I think Dusty Baker is going to have to play him a little bit more. I think right now it's more of a platoon based on the matchups. And, uh, but a lot of, like you said, it, it was Meyer's job. Then McCormick came in and took it while he was hurt. But now everybody assumes it's McCormick's job unless Myers takes it. So it's just kind of a backwards battle. And I think that uh, if you're looking at Baker, Baker's just trying to do what's best for a team. And right. he doesn't really know what's best because you like that Myers defense out there and nothing against McCormick, but we saw what he can do in the World Series. But I think that they really like what Myers offers. But if he's not doing it at the time, Corey Jolks is still hitting 300 at the end of April then no, you can't send him down. Yeah, he's not right. the best defender in left field yet, but he may, he did make some uh, good plays the other day. Yeah. So I think that that is um, something to take in consideration. So, so Eric, um, yeah. so Eric, I want to thank you because um, the other day when I was doing the show, you had sent me this quote, and I want to I want to post it again. It was from from McTaggart, um, and get a little uh, let's get a little bit of this going. Thoughts by Dusty. Did it not go? Why didn't it work? I tried to do thoughts by Dusty. It did. It went. Oh, it did. Okay. I didn't see it. Um, so here is that. So, so we don't get too wrapped up in the moment. There's a lot of people trying to help me out. Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? This is not a video game. I build confidence in my players and you start taking confidence away in the first week. How are you going to do it five months in? So it's definitely one of those things where, we have, I think, done a really good job this season of tempering our expectations and our criticism early on because we do know that it takes a it takes a manager, it takes a team, and it takes a lot of decisions that are going on. And just like when you're making the decisions on who you should bet for, I want you to go to FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash locked on for every moment there's FanDuel. The NBA playoffs are basically here. I would say they're almost here, but they're right around the corner. It's a perfect time to download this app. It's America's number one sports book because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores, point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance to win a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss today's chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, so um, I want to kind of um, close out that little conversation and go on to game two and three because there's some interesting matchups there. And uh, we got to go to game two. You're going to have Saving Joe Ryan. I know that's not the name of the movie, but I had to do it. Uh, versus uh, Luis Garcia. And um, uh, Ryan is a good pitcher for the Twins. Uh, he's 1-0 and with a 1.50 ERA with uh, six strikeouts so far this season. Garcia... Uh, we might need to save his ERA a little bit. It's 5.40, and he's own uh, own one with a four strikeout. So, I think that Garcia was struggling with a little bit of World Baseball Classic fatigue, or not fatigue, but maybe not getting properly ready. 
uh, or having the time to get ready. So I think that you'll see him maybe have a much better start in this game. And uh, if you're looking at who's had success against uh, Garcia, um, the only one that's really had a pretty good start is um, Gordon. Is this uh, Nico Gordon? Uh, yeah, Nick, yeah, Nick Gordon. Um, he's uh, batting 506 at bats. Then you have um, Christian Vasquez, Astros killer, batting 400 and five at bats. And so that's pretty much guys that have had success against Garcia. Versus uh, saving Joe Ryan, you have uh, Jose Abreu with two bats, batting 500. Bregman batting 500 and two bats. Pena batting 500 and two bats. And so that's pretty much it. So saving Joe Ryan. Okay, I I didn't know we were picking movie themes. You got You got to give me. You got to give me some advance warning. I'm trying to <laughs> think of other names that have. Anyways, all right. Well, we'll have to do that one day. Uh, maybe that would be fun. Um, what I think will be fun is watching the Houston Astros hit the baseball out of Minnesota target field Minnesota. just because um, they love hitting there, dude. They, um, I, I really hope we see another game like we saw a few years ago where they hit like 8,000 runs and hit like 10 home runs or whatever that game. Like it was, it was insane watching them play. Their bats play really well in this stadium. And even with the cold air, um, I really hope the ball's flying for the Astros not the Minnesota Twins. So this series, I believe, doesn't it end with Hunter Brown as the starter for game three, correct? Yeah, and um, Tyler Malley. Uh, yeah. He'll be on the mound. And uh, the only this, people that really faced Malley is uh, Abreu batting 300, I mean 333 and three bats, and Bregman 333 and three bats. And somebody that uh, C. Plan wants to DFA uh, Dubon, the legend is uh, batting 500 and two at bats versus Mally. So. Well, right, but that's but that's like two at bats, right? So, like, I know. when I when I look at these sample sizes, what you're really dealing with here is you're not dealing with a lot of guys that have a ton of um, reps against these hitters. So that could play in the favor more of the pitcher than the hitter. But if the hitter knows how to adjust to the pitching, then then it shouldn't matter for the Astros you know, perspective, who is on the mound, how, how much they have or haven't faced a guy. But I I do like this to be a kind of a point that you look in the season when Hunter Brown went on the road to his first road start in Minnesota. He really was locked in. He got swings and misses. He got strikeouts because I think a boost of confidence for him on the road to open the season up would be a really, really good thing for him right. mentally, a really good thing for this bullpen mentally. And why not leave Minnesota going into your next series where you have a solid start from Hunter Brown, who I think may have a lot of weight on his shoulders early on in the season, but the way that this team plays, they're going to get behind their guy because you literally go from Minnesota to Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh's not exactly a, an opponent that scares you, but they've started the season off playing really good baseball. So you catch them when they're hot rather than not. So Hunter Brown gets that win, I think. I think the Astros take two of three in the series, Eric. Yeah. Uh, so I know I talked about the offense a little bit earlier, and uh, the Twins and Astros are basically at the same level at this moment. Why are the Twins four and two and the Astros three and four? We were talking about it before the show. Why are they two and three and three and four? Four and two and three and four. The pitching. 
Oh, because, oh, I was like, what? I was like, what is he talking about? Yes. Yeah, so when you look at the team pitching, Minnesota leads with a 1.90 ERA, 52 innings pitched. They've only given up 11 earned runs with 58 strikeouts and a an average against of 188. Now the Astros drop all the way down to 12th with a 4.02 ERA. They've given up 29 earned runs. They've given up eight home runs. Um, they do have 70 strikeouts. They have more strikeouts, but they have given up a 278 average versus the opponent. Now, if I told you that the Astros give up a, a, a nearly 280 average against the Tigers and the White Sox combined, I would say that doesn't seem right. But Minnesota, their pitching has gotten it done. And at the end of the day, when we look back on last year, the starting pitching, the relief pitching, was clicking on all cylinders pretty much from beginning to end. And so if 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 a three and four start is a struggling Astros team, I'm not worried about it because if they just improve a little bit, we can see what happened like the, with the eight to two win versus the Tigers. Pitching's got to be there. Pitching is key. I think this offense is going to do what it does. I, I just think Alvarez and Tucker are going to have absolute monster years. I think Bregman's turned it around. I think I think Pena is going to ultimately figure it out. And like you got guys like Corey Jolks, man. When someone like Corey Jolks is hitting the ball, I know it's early. That really helps the other team. The other teammates, the veterans, puts less pressure on them because right. when the guys that aren't supposed to contribute contribute, you know, Martin Maldonado may get a home run this series. I mean, he just hits well in Minnesota and some of these, some of these guys up here, um, let's get a multi-hit game from jokes. Let's get a multi-hit game from McCormick and from Maldonado and just let everything else take care of itself. Yeah. I think that if you look at what the Astros did, the one that won this ring last year, the world series team, they started the season after 16 games, seven and nine. Right. So if the Astros that won all those games last year that had this such a dom dominant team, if they were able to rebound from that three and four at this point, ain't bad. So I think what they need is to go on the road, get away from the gold jerseys for a little bit, get away from all the the championship weekend and the all and the circumstance. And yes. Yeah. And so now they're able to clear their heads. I think you're going to see much better baseball. It was a little bit sloppy. Uh, they gave up too many easy pitches, too many home runs, more home runs than you're used to his bullpen. The Astros offense, um, I'm not saying it struggled, but it was inconsistent at times last year. What was very consistent was the starting pitching exactly. and the bullpen. And so they need to get back to that for the Astros to win another World Series. Yes, they need offense, but they're, they're going to have to rely on the, the starting staff and the bullpen. And without Justin Verlander, that's going to be a lot harder. So you're asking a lot more from your bullpen this year and your offense. So it's, it, you're going to have to find some type of balance yin and yang. So we'll see what happens. And, uh, in Minnesota, right. You had to get that in there, didn't yep. you? Um, okay. That's, that's enough on the Minnesota. Um, <laughs> um, but what, what we see with this Astros team is a huge, huge potential to score a lot of runs. And that's why the pitching is so valuable. And I mean, think about the seven to six loss to the White Sox. They had six runs and nine hits. Like I said the other day, last year, you're winning that game six to three. Last year, you're winning that game six to four. You're not giving up seven runs. 
because of bullpens holding it. And people are like, is, you know, what's wrong with um, Stanek? I'm like, his velocity's not down. Dude's throwing 99 and 100. It's not velocity. It's just, it, it's, it's what's going to happen. Baseball isn't a perfect sport. And that's why with all these rule changes, they're trying to take away a lot of the imperfections or, or they're trying to, trying to force things to happen. Right. Well, that's, that's all fine and good, but there's a natural organic part of baseball is why baseball is such a beautiful sport. Because if you try to force things to happen, it doesn't go your way. That's why when you look into the, into baseball history and you look at guys like Tony Gwynn, you look at guys like Nolan Ryan, you look at these, these guys just went out and they did, and they played, they studied, they got ready for the game. And you know what? If they didn't get a hit, if they didn't get it, the next game they went out and they played. And so we've got all these analytics. we got all these distractions these days. It's up to the players, no matter what's going on around them, to put it together on the field and to play their game. Um, I will actually close with this. I saw a really cool feature, and I'm not an Aaron Judge fan, although I do appreciate just the kind of human being this dude is. He's, He's a massive guy. He's super nice. He went through his pregame hitting drill with Harold Reynolds, and he talked about how he just does simple tee work, and he puts the ball in certain places so he knows when a pitch is coming inside, middle, or outside of the plate what kind of swing he wants to put on it. And I know Altuve and Pena and these guys do the same thing. So just know that our guys get back to the basics when they need to. If Bregman slumps, he's going to get back to the basics, and everything's going to fall into place because this is truly a – very well-skilled professional team. Again, I think the Astros will be fine come season's end. Yeah, I think so too. And I think they're just going through some growing pains, especially with so many young players in the lineup. So we'll see what happens. But guys, that's all we got for this uh, edition of Locked on Astros podcast. Um, My closing thought is Rob Manfred says that analytics is not good for baseball. So uh, that's pretty funny. Um, Robbie. So so that's why he's doing all this to take out the analytics. So um, that's all we got for this uh, Good Friday edition of the Locked on Astros podcast. Make sure you go and subscribe to us on youtube go and make us your first listen on apple odyssey spotify and we will see you on monday sunday or whatever it is and ghost rose let's have a great weekend and we'll see you then